0: 7654321. Hey guys, this is Liz Candace. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is
1: F-S-S-S-R-C-A. Hey, this is
0: Ymari Media Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson.
1: Welcome to the WNBA Nation. What? Ah, WNBA Nation, we are so excited. And tired, to be completely frank. Yes, ben. after After an <laughs> yeah. insane weekend of basketball, um, it's late, we're at our Airbnb in Minnesota, but we figured that we would uh, hop on and have a quick, uh, I guess, championship game recap and just kind of reaction episode. Um Got uh, myself here with Steve and Logan. Jason actually has a flight to catch just here in a couple hours. So he's packing and kind of getting ready to go there. So he's going to be sitting this one out. Um, But congratulations, first of all, to South Carolina for winning their second national championship ever. Beautiful. Incredible performance. Well done. Like, Literally start of the season to nest Best team from start to finish. Like, by far. Yeah. hasn't, hasn't, uh, hasn't been knocked off their throne, even though they dropped a couple of random games. You know, they had one to Missouri early in conference play and then the SEC title game against Kentucky. And they're like between those two games, that was a three, there was three points between those two losses that they, that they were behind. Speaking of really quick.
2: Just, I know we have a lot to get into. How cool do you feel if you're Mizzou right now?
0: <laughs> like, like, we're Kentucky, part of
2: that. Kentucky already knows how they feel at Mizzou. The they, they got an SEC title out of it, but like Mizzou is like, no, like, we were 18 and 13. We
1: were like the only <laughs> one. We like beat like a doing. super
2: good team. Yeah. Good for them. So, uh, it just
1: kind of just across the board, fantastic, fantastic weekend of basketball capped off by a great game. Uh, amazing performances. Uh, let's just. I want, want to have each one of you maybe shout someone out that you thought was uh, especially incredible tonight. Logan, let's start with you. Who was your <laughs>
2: you son of a go? <laughs>
1: who was your player that just maybe caught your attention either tonight or if you want to
0: combine last Friday as well? Uh, go for it. Well, it is tonight and last Friday. Let's all three. I mean, I'll go first, but we can all three take a minute to acknowledge that Destiny Henderson made this tournament happen for South Carolina. You know, Leah Boston was getting double-doubles. She was doing her job. We're going to talk plenty of Leah Boston, I'm sure, on this episode. But, boy, if I was a coach and I had Destiny Henderson in my locker room, I'd be a happy camper. Um, UConn had no answer for her tonight. She was hitting from everywhere. She was active on the defensive end, like all South Carolina players are. But just it felt like she was in the right place at the right time for 40 straight minutes. Yes. I love watching her play. I I made a couple comments during the game to you guys that, like, she – like. After the game, you see Leah Boston hanging out with Candace Parker and Aja Wilson, and you're like, yeah, she's a future pro. Like, she, we know that. Destiny Henderson's the one that the speed of her game and how she handles herself and between ball handling skills and distribution and shooting, it just feels like there is a spot for her in the league. And I'm excited to see who gets her because I know, Kyle, you've been doing the mock draft episodes. You know more than I do about this, but she might actually land on a team that's ready to go and maybe if if she can at least get onto a bench spot somewhere which we know in the WNBA is very hard to do yeah she can maybe get a year to warm herself up to the
2: which boroughs. which is why destiny henderson is very high in my list my of like two early rookie of the year picks because if she's in the right spot of a team that isn't ever ready made but is in that playoff mix you know in these drafts you know and I, I don't want to call this draft a weak draft that's not what it is but in these drafts where there isn't uh for sure, front runner, like right out the shoot of this will be the MVP. Right. You bring know, Stewart and Wilsons, and, and, and those types of situation. A lot of it comes down to which players putting themselves in a situation is being put in a situation where they can be involved and make an impact right away. And Henderson falls right into that world. And if anything showed us tonight, it's when she's given a ballot of trust, she'll deliver. Um, I feel like in Louisville, against Louisville, she played fairly well, but I don't know that the mantle was put as heavily on her as Boston. Boston was like Aaliyah, Boston was very much the focus against Louisville. And I think Don Staley knows if I can get Destiny working early against Yukon, this game's over before it starts. And that's exactly what happened. And it tells me that when the time is right to put that emphasis and that pressure on on Destiny, like she'll get it done. And I don't think you could say enough about just an incredible performance. Uh, on top of shooting three for six, on top of shoot, going nine for 20, she threw in four steals or three steals, you know, just like for good measure. Almost. Steals that weren't bad passes by got They were steals that she just no. took the ball they were out great. of the hands. That's great. I, did, I mean... From top to bottom, this South Carolina roster—you like that? Honestly, my answer was going to be when you were talking about highlighted games. I was literally just going to say the deep, the Gamecock defense. Yeah, that was possibly the best defensive, the, like one of the most well-oiled defensive machines I've seen on a basketball court in you know, a very yeah. long time. I mean, they are like you say. If you want to say Louisville went cold, Haley Benwith went cold, you want Page Peckers, A lot of it is because. It's, I, I don't like saying these players went cold or they didn't perform. They just couldn't find answers. Yeah, yeah. It, it was so hard to play your game when they scouted your offense so well and knew that they could defend at that level. Yeah, that
1: was, that was the thing that was most apparent to me between these two games that South Carolina won is they had players that were electric offensive performers that they absolutely... Smothered and didn't mm. allow to get going with Van Lith <laughs> like, and Becker's But like they made and, you a
2: non-factor right away. Yeah,
1: like Fud, and I understand Fud was battling, you know, a, a, a stomach bug, and um, but you know, Kristen Williams and
0: Westbrook, like no, they just Williams never and Westbrook let, did not have the same sauce tonight. No, they just it
1: just wasn't. it And I think that was such a, a key to what South Carolina has done to everybody <laughs> throughout this entire season. Is that you know? You watch Stanford, you watch UConn, you watch Louisville, you watch Baylor, you watch all these teams that are that have been so good. Um, and when they face a team like South Carolina, all of a sudden they don't look like the same team. And it's because South Carolina's defense and just rebounding prowess don't allow you to get into a rhythm. They make you work ten times harder for every single shot, and Ooh. You know, they just, they just handle it. And at that point, if you can be that dominant defensively, your offense needs to be just fine, just okay. It's honestly, tonight it was better than fine. Yeah. yeah, And tonight it was good. They actually, you know, Destiny Henderson, Aliyah Boston, like they, they played really well. Um, I do want to give one shout out to a player from UConn that I think in particular had a fantastic showing, um, despite uh this in insane defense from South Carolina. Uh and that's Caroline Duchamp. She absolutely came out. She's a freshman and came out and had a really, really good game. He um, went four for eight from the field, had nine points, um, and just kind of, you know, outside of Becker seemed to be kind of the only person to really get much going offensively. Um, and so I thought that she played she played really well um, getting a lot more minutes, obviously with
2: Fud. Uh, you know, not feeling very well today. But you had Fud not feeling well, and then you had Westbrook getting had having kind of a tweak injury that limited her minutes, right? And so Ducharme putting good value. If they were able to pull this into a close game, Ducharme would have been one of the biggest impetuses. Yeah, I think that's actually right. Sounds right. Of the did we mention know, it's late? Yeah, in, of one of the of, the, of their. <laughs> She played phenomenally. She played. She was probably the offensive player in a way that played with the most confidence on yeah. UConn's end.
0: It's it's worth mentioning they did get this game late in the third quarter. They got it within six. UConn did after suffering probably the worst first ten minutes of a Ooh, of a, of a UConn of a, of a UConn
2: game because in the last twenty five years. I mean,
0: and not just on the scoreboard. We looked up at the stat sheet at one point, and uh, I mean, South Carolina was it's grabbing brutal. their tenth and eleventh rebounds before UConn even had their second. Yes. I mean, assisted buckets, They, every, they more than UConn doubled UConn them up on
2: the boards. 24 to 49. It was brutal. Yeah. I'm actually shocked at the turnover disparity. Uh, UConn is, uh, it only has uh, them beaten turnovers by one. It's 15 14. That yeah, honestly spread out over the course
0: of the game. Later, I, I think even deep into the third I think, quarter, yeah. I think half of South Carolina's points came on second chance buckets.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that twenty-four to forty-nine rebounding disparity, huge. Honestly, and it felt more than that. Like it did. It, it felt like South
0: Carolina was getting like three to every one UConn. Because what's weird, UConn actually shot decently. This yeah, game. they shot really well. They just only got one. I mean, they. It felt like the ball was never on their. They side were
2: forty percent. I mean, they were twenty-five percent from deep, but I mean. Yeah, they were shooting 40%. In fact, in the first half, they shot better than South Carolina did. South Carolina went 36% from the field, and they
0: went 18% from deep. So, like, they just had... Two and three chances every time. One of them turned time. into a three that felt like the yeah, like the dagger the, if you could have a first half dagger. It felt yeah. like, oh, that's that's, that's over. But, but I think brutal.
1: I think Yukon actually was shooting like fifty-four or fifty-eight percent from the field in the first half. If they
2: could get the ball up, they were no. making it happen. I did the just, one Yeah. I have to ask one question. And I, I only do it because I think our friend of the show, Cam I am, is going to bring this up. <laughs> Um, because I know how I feel about it. I think you guys feel equally about it, having watched the game live and, and, you know, is there any mention to make of a 26 to four free throw disparity from South Carolina to UConn? Because in, in many cases you can look at that number and go like, yeah, that is pretty jarring. But having watched that game quite up close, I just don't know that that would have no, mattered. No. Sometimes like, I think
0: if you watch a game on TV and the broadcast is a certain way, I think sometimes it can make you feel a little different about how like a game is playing out narrative-wise. I, I didn't see anything on Twitter or hear anything about... I mean, we, we had UConn mm-hmm. and South Carolina fans around us. Honestly, this whole weekend I didn't really feel very strongly about the officials one way or another. No, Don't, didn't feel like that type of I thing.
2: almost think a lot of the reason that UConn wasn't able to get to the line is they weren't able to establish a presence under the basket at any point right. to get in position to draw a foul. There were a couple of cases where I could say, maybe Aaliyah Boston got a call here or there that felt like uh, it looked like Aaliyah Boston would have been fouled in that situation, so we're going to call it. But I'm talking two to three times. I, I think this the is the problem. In- is
0: if you let the game be an eight to fourteen point game the whole way, you it really hurts your your argument if you want to pin it on like, well, we got some unfavorable stuff far away. I, I really it, UConn fans. I I've seen a lot of them on Twitter. They're talking fairly positively about the season. Obviously disappointed in tonight's outcome, but I I really haven't seen any like. Griping over like that one call. Oh yeah,
2: I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily, but like that's one of the few disparities on the stat that you look at major. and go like, oh buddy. But I think a lot of it is because South Carolina was able to have very, very efficient movement, getting to the basket, getting in scoring position very well that I think getting to the line would come naturally. UConn wasn't able to get that deep. The amount of times UConn's possessions were flummoxed within the first 10 seconds of possession was shockingly frequent. Yeah. Like, not even on the turnover range, but just on, like, I mean, rebounds, if you look at how often – or their they offense either, just
1: breaking down. Like, they go to try yeah. to do something, and it's like, oh, uh, well, well. Or work.
2: having to just rush shots because in their head they're like, this is, this is the only time this whole count we're going to be open. So we've got to get something in the air.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, they go to run something, and, yeah, either that where they would just be like, well, we got a decent look, let's take a shot, or South Carolina mm-hmm. just
0: being like, no. You're not gonna do that. We're not gonna let you run that. Anytime they thought, like, UConn likes to run in transition sometimes. Like, they, they really like to run deep passing inbounds plays when it feels like, oh, South Carolina hits a big three, like, strike right back. Like, that's how they, they did Stanford a couple times and it really worked for them. Well, as a team, the Gamecocks are back on defense every time down the floor. Yeah. It's not just Boston, it's not just Anderson. every time and Logan Logan was literally
2: tracking that through the night. I, the every whole time, time every time Yukon like, would, would uh, come up the court like it was impossible for Yukon to
0: get a break down the court at any it, point. Yeah, every every time they would inbound it near half court I was like, "Oh, maybe they get an easy bucket here." No easy buckets in this game for Yukon. I mean, it, there there was no, you know, I think the kind of the lasting image for me of the the Yukon Stanford game was when it looked kind of within question like a 5-point game. Page got the steal, drove up the court, got an easy two, put him up seven, and it felt like oh, I don't think they're gonna, yeah, think they're gonna do it. There's nothing like the in this. I mean, you you had UConn putting down a couple shots late as like a last gasp effort, but yeah. it really just felt like Back- chances circled the drain with ten minutes left to go.
2: Beckers couldn't even get her bread and butter play to the elbow. No, really, at they any were point, all over it.
1: Yeah, yeah. There was once or twice that we saw that we saw that happen, but.
2: Well, the first, in fact, the first time she made that move, she got called for a travel and it kind of slowed it down. She
0: hit an insane turnaround jumper at one point that was like, oh, she's still really good. Like we're not <laughs> we're not besmirching her good name here. Like yeah. I, I still believe in her as a player. If anything, that's probably
2: had. one of the biggest like notes I give to Yukon's performance here, because I think a lot of things you can take down simply to I don't even know if that'll work just based on how things were going, but like I would have liked to see Beckers maybe get about 20 shots up and not three. Yeah,
0: Henderson getting 20 shots up and Paige Beckers being probably the most effective scorer on the floor and shooting about half that was, was you know, yeah, pretty I, that,
2: big. That's a tough call, but it, like I think once, I think once Henderson starts cooking, it's like you need to get, you need to get Paige cooking, like you need to start getting that working and it just didn't. What I, what I think you could take heart from if you're a UConn fan coming into this is kind of everything. You pretty much keep this roster pat for the most part. <laughs> right. You lose a couple key pieces. There's a Dota. But, yeah. Like, nothing well, a Dota, but like, but the heart of this roster stays together. You've given Mule and Ducharme extremely valuable minutes, especially Ducharme, who, who is, Outside of even this game, and she did well. She had a lot of shiny moments coming up in the year. You, you, so you're adding, I think, healthy experience. The assumption is that the next time you're in this position as a Fud is doesn't have a stomach flu. Uh, yeah, you know,
0: missing her, she must have been really hurting tonight. Yeah, they, they needed her so badly, and it. When we first well, heard that about her it, her
2: 16 minutes
0: even felt yeah, like they when were we pushing. first heard it was like, oh, stomach bug, so maybe she's not as effective, but she'll be out there. And instead, it was like, nah, I, I think she must be really. So right. She, she was doing everything she
2: could to be on the court.
0: And I think in any other circumstance, final four, like semi side, even like she probably sets that game up. Kyle, yeah. I know has a take about this game, and I. I don't know what it is, but I can see him. I can see him. Over there. <laughs> He's working. I, I sat. I sat two chairs away from Kyle in this game, and so we couldn't hear each other. So, <laughs> so I actually don't know very much about what he thinks of of your team.
1: No, I think. I think the main uh, thing we we've covered a lot of what uh, what of my thoughts were, but um, kind of looking just ahead to the future, I really do think that South Carolina reloads. Next season, they look very good. A lot of their their best players and everything are going to be back. Boston's, um, Boston yeah, like you, you're you're bringing a lot back of your South Carolina, UConn. You're bringing a ton back as well. You miss. Uh, you're taking Kristen Williams, you're taking Avina Westbrook and Nelson Adota out. But really, like of your main players, your Beckers, Fud, Aaliyah Edwards, Ducharme. And uh, Nika Mule, like every one of those, are only freshmen and sophomores. Like they've got at least one full seat, one full season, and likely two to three more seasons with that group. Like that's that's a lot of talent that uh, UConn's got. I would not be surprised to see UConn right back in the national championship game again, uh, perhaps even next year. In fact, yeah. we had this conversation yeah. on the way back to the car tonight. Is How many of the final four from this year will we actually see next year in Dallas? And uh, we think there's a pretty good chance that probably at least two. Because UConn's, like, Stanford's not losing a ton. Stanford
2: has the biggest gap.
1: Yeah, and they're they're losing the whole sisters. But, like... You've got Brink coming back, Jones coming back, like you've got so many players coming back for Stanford. It, Louisville's got a lot coming back. They're, well, they're losing the, Angstler. The, I think Louisville yeah. might be losing the, the Bracket maybe the most. is so
0: chaotic by nature that obviously anything, you know, anything could go down. I would be pretty surprised if Stanford, South Carolina, UConn did not comprise half of the elite.
1: Yeah. I think, think you got to get two those of those are still three. Powers probably. That are still yeah. Be
0: around. Yeah. I agree.
1: So that was, that's kind of fun to think about, but, um, and it's fun. It's <laughs> fun to think about. But it's uh it's exciting just to see you know kind of as we wrap up this March, uh you know just this entire March bracket month that we've had with uh conference tournaments and obviously the NCAA tournament. Um, it's just been a great, great month full of awesome basketball, great moments, mm-hmm. and honestly, just overarching like support for women's basketball on the college level that I think so much of that momentum that it felt like was lost back with 2020, you know, we were building momentum leading up and then COVID hit. And then it's just felt like just the world in general, obviously, but it feels like that momentum that was with women's basketball back at the beginning of 2020 is, is kind of back. And I'm excited to see how that translates moving into a WNBA season, which as of uh, right now is 33 days. Well, in about 45 minutes central time, it'll be 32 days away from starting. Um, so almost, almost exactly one month, That's You know, news. almost exactly a month away. And we've got the WNBA draft coming up in like a week. I'm
2: not shaking and- my head for the record because <laughs> I think it's a bad thing. I'm shaking my record because... We have a lot of work to do. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> in that like, time.
1: it's like we, we actually finish up March now and immediately no, it's we hop into, season. <laughs> it's we, we hop into draft, we hop into training camps, we hop into preseason predictions and previews and all kinds of stuff. And, and we by have the way, so many
0: episodes if, coming up in the if, next month. <laughs> if this is your first off season or, or if it's going to be your first full season with us uh, covering the W, this season's going to be wild. Yes, like there are some stacked teams going into this year. Stories um, and 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 like as as we've been saying, like Kyle and doing all of his draft prep has has taken a lot of uh cracks at different mocks and what players might end up with different teams. But the 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 landscape of the league looks very different this year mm-hmm. than it did last year, and a lot of the same players will be at the top, but if there's anything we know about this league is that there's going to be some monumental shifts we don't see coming. Right. So I'm very excited to get into this season and see right off the bat who's playing well and who's not. And that's so close. It feels like a long ways away. It's, it's really it's not. It's so close <laughs>
1: by the time, by the time we do some, some draft prep and a couple of team previews and th- it's going to be, the season's going to be here before we can even blink. And I'm, I'm just can't wait. I'm very excited. Um, we're already talking about, you know, planning our trip to Dallas we're <laughs> next final 4 and um we're yeah i just think overall what's coming in women's basketball over the over the next several months is going to be really exciting um we want to give a couple shout outs to some individuals that we had a chance to meet uh this weekend and <laughs> in, in particular today um, uh, i know we gave a couple shout outs our last little episode that we did but uh, got a, got a shout out, um, Anila, our good friend of the show that yeah, honestly has, yeah, yeah. has kind of been fifth one beetle. of our, kind of one of our day ones that we, yep. from the very start of this podcast, I call we connected
2: with, I call I commonly call Anila our fifth beetle. She yes. is, <laughs> she's, if, if there is ever a, a fifth that like she's, she's the first draft pick. Yeah. But we, we love Anila. Absolutely. Much. So that was
1: a blight. We got to meet her. Um, got to rub shoulders with a lot of different, uh, individuals over the, over the weekend. Um we got to meet uh, Erica Motter, which that was a lot of fun. Um you know, she's been one of our first Twitter fo- Twitter followers and she's in awesome, this, and we yeah. followed her on Twitter for a lot time. Said she recognized well.
0: us by our voices in, yeah. like, in a crowded hallway.
1: Yeah she's like I heard your guys' voices and she came to say hi and that was that was kind of cool. Um and then uh Moorcroft High School girls basketball team. Yeah hell yes this was this was one of the more like exciting like interactions that we had, we, we get to our seats and my wife's from uh, a small town in Wyoming and I turn around and see that they've got some Wyoming state basketball championship like shirts on and hoodies on. Like, where are you guys from? And Moorcroft just over so like knows is a town that is less than a thousand people in like northeastern Wyoming. And they somehow did a bunch of fundraising in this tiny town and they've got their entire like high school girls basketball team out here at the at the women's final four. And I just think like big, big, big
2: up to the people of Moorcroft, by the way. Yes. Uh, way to support way to support this initiative because you uh if any of you who helped out who happens to hear this, you helped a group of girls have the time of their lives.
1: Yeah. It was way so up. cool to just watch them like Like so often, and we've, we've mentioned this before and it's, and it's changing, which makes me excited. So often we've seen, you know, oh, who's your favorite player? And you ask, you know, high school, high school girls or, you know, college women and even at the WNBA draft, you know, people are like, oh, who's your favorite? And they'll, they'll mention NBA players. And I love that we're starting to see this shift of, oh, my favorite player is, you know, this WNBA legend or this
2: college, women's They all legend. had one.
0: Olivia yeah. a- 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 Boston a- called out Candace Parker next. She used to in the house.
2: Exactly. Like oh, that was like, that like choked me up. Yeah. That was, was a moment. great.
1: So just, just that alone, like I-, I was so excited to be able to interact with them a little bit and just see like, you know, this is a high school team from a tiny town that has an opportunity to come and just experience this. So shout out to their coach. Shout out to everybody else who was involved in getting them out here. Um, I think, I think that was just one of the cooler interactions that I personally had. And I know that we had as a, as a show. So shout out to them as well. Um, So yeah, again, if you have an opportunity to like bless the life of, of someone like to get involved in, to keep, to keep, have you like, blessed a life lately? <laughs> to keep girls in sports from, yeah. you know, dropping out, we, we've we all seen that, uh those statistics of, you know, girls dropping out of sports at, like, triple the rate of boys yeah. uh once they start yeah. to get, you know, junior high, high school age, and I just think, like,
2: ty- moments like
1: this are, are opportunities where we yeah. can change that, so...
2: In fact, that like to this day the, the five star review we've gotten that I think about like once every other day now that like gets me through a tough day is hearing someone say that they were that girl. Yeah. Like that they had they almost know, quit. They almost quit. But you know, the support of the of the show alone, and I'm not taking credit for it, but it was it was really cool to hear them say, you know, this was one of those things that helped push them along. Yeah. Um so yes, like vocal encouragement and, and being there being supportive. But honestly, a lot of these places from Mark Croft to Minneapolis, like need your financial support as well. If there's an initiative, you can put that help toward It's, it's a big, big deal. Um, I think we all kind of do it in our own way and in our own communities. And it, it has always mattered to us. So that's kind of been the accumulation of this, just this entire trip. Yeah. It's like, um, Like, just basketball as a whole is alive and well. Like, I just learned to love what it, what the community of basketball, like, just just everything about what that, what that community is. It's just a wonderful thing. And I, you know, love y'all. (laughs)
0: I'm <laughs>
2: um, very tired. I have no <laughs> so really late. good way to close this. <laughs> yeah. I'm no, trying no. to be sentimental,
0: but there <laughs> this, we go. This was this was definitely worth doing. Everyone that we've met through the show and everyone we've met out here has been super nice to us. And like the basketball is obviously great. We're excited to do it again next year. Your support and listening to the show is what made this all happen, which is really fun for us. And we hope that we can uh, continue to give back to the the basketball community in different ways. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming your way. I, I feel like we say that every couple of months. Um, but we, we kind of treated this trip as also kind of a like a business retreat in a way. Right. <laughs> and and we have some plans for the future that are gonna help us to continue to uh, continue to expand and, and give you better coverage and, and make this a, a continually, you know, improving product so that more and more people can introduce themselves to the league through us. And we're just really excited about that. I Moorcroft High School, you're the best. <laughs> that that mean yeah. my that really was the best. <laughs>
2: so, that was so
1: great. Uh, I don't know what their I should I should that up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so
0: Stallions.
1: we also we also had a chance to start up our TikTok. Most uh, we, we technically had it a little bit ago, but if you all want to hop on, follow us on TikTok. It's at WNBA Nation Pod, just like our Twitter. You can hop on there as we go along and kind of learn the ways of TikTok. You can kind of. Uh, have some interactions with us there. I'm excited to, to get to go a little bit more on there. Um, and also we will be dropping a website here very soon that will have a lot more, um, a lot more content and ways that you can interact with our show, including some, a totally revamped, uh, merchandise page. So we're really excited about that. Um, so stay tuned make sure you're following us on twitter and tiktok as we release uh, a lot of that news as well go wolves go Wol- <laughs> we it. wolves we googled it more cropped wolves but <laughs> sorry <Had> to- <laughs> but i think that's all we've got for you guys tonight we're gonna wrap up and get some sleep because that has uh, that has come at a premium this weekend for Hot us dang. but uh thanks everybody for listening make sure you subscribe and hit us up on twitter tiktok all of that but for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Steve Schwartzman. I'm Logan Gill. And we got you next time.